I'm Chris Meineke. And I'm Carl Andra. And this is Designated for Assignment. Finally here, opening day 2016 is upon us. Uh, There's been a lot of baseball in my wheelhouse over the last couple of days. Not that I haven't been tuned into it uh, over the last few weeks because of spring training. However, it just seems like it's popping up everywhere. Like, uh, Carl, I have to ask you, if you get a new car, does it feel like, has it ever happened to you where it's kind of like deja vu? And say you bought a... I don't know, uh, a Chevy Cruze just for, I don't drive that, but just as an example, and you had never owned a Chevy Cruze before you test drove it, you loved it, you bought it. And then all of a sudden you start seeing Chevy Cruises everywhere, everywhere you go. Does that happen to you? That 100%. I actually just bought a new car recently. And then I was like, man, these cars are everywhere. Right. Right. You know, I, I had a, uh, um, a very old, um, Chevrolet uh, Corsica back when I was in high school uh, it was rebuilt from uh, from an accident from a guy I knew you know it was a good starter car and I gotta tell you I swore that everyone within a 20 mile radius of me was driving that car so my point is that once you start getting baseball kind of in the forefront of your mind because it's always kind of in the back once you get it in the forefront of your mind it seems like it's everywhere because Last night, I was watching an over-the-air channel. Now, I am technological enough to say that I am comfortable in my skin to have gone full circle and still have an antenna that I can hook up to watch certain channels on over-the-air television here in my town. And one of them happens to carry the Dick Cavett show from God knows when, 1974, 73. I'm not really sure what year that was that I was watching last night. But he happened to have on Leo DeRocher, Hank Aaron, and Mickey Mantle as a little powwow circle thing that he was talking to them about. And I caught it about 15, 20 minutes into the first episode of it because they did two. And Leo DeRocher is, uh, if nobody knows who he is, I I will tell you, um, famous, legendary Brooklyn Dodgers manager, New York Giants manager. That's how far back he went. Um, managed the Cubs for a long time, too. So uh, he had a long record of, of managing. That guy can talk. Uh, I'd never seen him in an interview before, any type of setting like that. But Leo DeRocher was just talking away. And it was great. Um, and then the one thing that I saw from Mickey Mantle, Dick Cavett asked him a question and even know what it was. And Mickey Mantle said, Oh, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I don't remember a whole lot of that. Cause I was really drunk. I mean, it was that candid. So even the, the small little over the air channels that I've been watching have something to do with baseball lately. It's, it's great. I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. And there's, there's no more spring training. It's over. It's over. It's over. Um, well, I guess there, there is one game. I lied. It's happening right now, though. So right. by the time we finish this, it'll be pretty much over. True, because we're recording on Saturday because I have my uh, big event at Miller Park, as I do annually. So we won't be able to do... Um, well, I, I shouldn't say we wouldn't be able to record on a normal Monday. I'm just saying that I may not be in the best shape to want to record on a Monday. So we're going to do it on a Saturday instead. And bonus, we can have this out by Monday uh, at the at the very latest. So... Going into the opening of the season, everybody has a show to listen to. So, um, again, we're doing two things at once here. Today, we're going to talk about the NL West. Uh, 
a division that Carl and I definitely were having problems with where we were going to rank teams. I'm pretty sure where I have number one, I'm not so sure about the rest of it. And we're also going to talk about the AL East. That's right in Carl's crawl, obviously, with the Blue Jays. Um, I had sent out a tweet from the designated for assignment handle uh, on Twitter, obviously, today after I saw a story about Jason Stark from ESPN saying that this is why the Toronto Blue Jays will win the World Series. And I thought, well, there's no bigger fan of Jason Stark right now than Carl Landra. And you're still obviously very concerned about the pitching in your on your club. So we'll definitely get to that, too. Um, was there anything else coming out of this week? A.J. Pollock broke his elbow. Uh, Paulo Sandoval and his nearly $18 million is going to sit to start the season. Anything else out there that was relevant to you? The only one that I was going to bring up was the Sandoval. It's just the number of uh, Red Sox free agent signings that managed to flounder and flub always surprises me. Do you think that because of that factor and the confoundment, if if that's a word, um, to you from the uh, Red Sox aspect of it, do you think that David Price has that same fate coming for him at all because he's in Boston now? I I sure hope so. The, <laughs> the, the more wasted money in in yeah. in my division's teams, right? Uh, especially when they he left left my Jays. So right, uh, I don't think so. I think that if you you know he's been good for quite some time. He showed last year still on top of his game. Uh, I I think he can do it if he plays out and doesn't opt out of that deal. Yeah, by the end of it, it's going to be looking a lot like that CC Sabathia deal is right now, or probably even worse. So, yeah, is it going to be good now? Yeah, he'll still be good, but by the end of that, he's he's going to be struggling. Yeah, CC Sabathia is only as good as the fifth starter for the New York Yankees right now. For now, was the quote coming out of there, and. I think maybe a little bit of that has to do with him coming back from alcoholism and them saying, you know, you, you, you're trying to fight back from this. We understand uh, you didn't pitch at CC Sabathia level uh, of late. So this is us saying we're going to give you a little bit of tough love and you can have it for now. But if you don't do enough to prove that you can keep it through the first month or a month and a half, because a lot of teams don't need their fifth starter uh, to begin the season usually, then they're going to take it away from him. Or if he does a, a really good job, then he can move up the rotation. But really, once you get into May, the end of May, rotations don't really matter anyway. Um, until you get to the All-Star break, then you kind of reset. You get your number one set back up to face each other again. You see where the divisions are going to fall out and where you're going to play each other. And you know, for the first month and a half, I'll say, the rotations don't mean a whole lot anyway. So hopefully for CC Sabathia's sake, he can get out of the doghouse a little bit in New York, but you're right. David price uh, might be the same thing for him in Boston. If, if he can't continue at, uh, we'll call it a Maddox like level, if you will. Um, I also put out a tweet today. Now that we're talking about starting pitching, Kurt Schilling on this day, April 2nd, as we record, was the day that he was traded from the Houston Astros to the Philadelphia Phillies, and the rest is history. I love finding those little tidbits as far as um, bad trades are are concerned, because uh, that's definitely one of them. 
And I, ju- I thought that was kind of funny. So if you're not following us on Twitter at Des, uh, sorry, Car- help me out again here, Carl. What is it? At Des for a sign pod for a sign. Yeah. Right. The number four, cause it goes with fourth line, your other podcast. That's right. Um, so follow us over there if you haven't done that already and follow Carl, obviously at Carl Andra and I'm at unreal prodigy. Okay. Let's, let's jump into the NL West. We'll start there. Um, I think we'll just do a potpourri. I'll just throw a, a, a team out. Um, and we can start a little bit towards the bottom where I think we'll both kind of think that the, the bottom is going to be this year. Let's start with the Colorado Rockies. Um, Tulo obviously gone there. Um, Arenado had a great year last year. Not really sure what else is in the pipeline for them. Not sure what type of rebuilding situation it really is there, or if they're going to try to just retool it or or completely rebuild it. There seems to be a fine line a lot of times with teams that way. Uh, What's your first outlook on the Rockies as you see them in this division and maybe even the National League? Bad. Um, Bad is a good word for it. That is, in a nutshell, what I think this season is going to be for the Colorado Rockies. They... Definitely get rid of Tulo for Jose Reyes, something that, you know, maybe they said, okay, a new face. Now, Reyes obviously going through some legal problems. He's not going to be with the team uh, maybe all year. There's really no word coming out uh, of what's going to happen with them. And the Rockies distancing themselves as much as humanly possible. So they're not really going out of their way to publicize it. The So leaving an infield with essentially just... Nolan Arenado. Uh, there's not a whole lot else to get excited about around the horn there. Um, their outfield is the highlight of this team. Cargo, if he can stay healthy, he's a quality outfielder. I won't say a, a top-notch outfielder, but quality. Charlie Blackman's really coming to his own. And uh, Gerardo Parr is a guy that I, I'm kind of a fan of as well. So I like that. Their rotation Nothing there that really turns my crank. So um, I'm going to pick these guys to finish last in the NL West. Uh, We'll be fighting with your Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds for bottom of the NL. Right, and that's why I brought that up. I didn't just say the NL West. Uh, I wanted your take on it for the rest of the National League, too, because this is easily going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And I say that, number one, again, we always go back to the starting rotation. You're right. There is nothing there. Uh, Their bullpen is not good. Uh, The name that really jumped out at me, and I'm not even sure if he made the team or not, is Chad Qualls. Um, I feel like I've been watching this guy pitch for the last 20 years, and I know that some relievers have a long shelf life. I know that he's he's only uh, 37. He'll be 38 by the end of the season. But... You know, that that's the type of veteran presence you have there is Chad Qualls. Not really much to write home there. Um, Arenado, obviously, he's a guy that I really like. Gerardo Parra will be a fan favorite. He has been wherever he's gone. Everyone loved him here in Milwaukee. Would have loved to have kept him, but there was no reason to keep him here. And in my honest opinion, I think if the Rockies can get something back that's decent enough in their minds for Cargo, he's gone uh, by by the deadline. So... Um, DJ Lee Mayhew is a, is a decent player, but he's not going to help carry that team at all. And 
you know, Walt Weiss, I, I think he's an okay manager, but and he's not going to take him over the hump. So, yeah, I'm putting him last uh, in this division, too. Um, I I, I, th- I do think they need to move Cargo. This is a team that's not doing anything, and they're going to – the same way they waste, were wasting Tulowitzki last year, they're wasting uh, his best years on a terrible roster. So they need to move him, right. get some prospects in that in that camp. Right, and I, I haven't heard anything about Cargo being – upset about his situation or or wanting to to get out of there as soon as possible um a lot of times in bad situations like that you tend to start hearing some rumors about that even if a guy doesn't say it himself so good on him for that not really coming out uh at least nationally maybe it is in colorado i don't know but um yeah for his sake and for the organization's sake get what you can for him Uh, i'm not saying give him away but retool your farm system, try to rebuild this team. Cargo's got to go and help a contender somewhere. Um, Cause he used to play left field. Am I wrong about that? Cause they have him listed as the right fielder this year. He's moved all around. Cause honestly, in right. my mind, he was a center fielder still. So, okay. See, uh, I, I think of him as a, as a left fielder. You think of him as a center fielder. He's listed on the depth chart as the, as the right fielder. So he's a versatile guy and, a team is definitely going to want him at the deadline uh, if they see that the Rockies are really pushing to move guys and to really rebuild that team. So hopefully for him that that's what happens. Um, and hopefully for the fans in Colorado, that's what happens too. So they can start to rebuild this team. Let's well, move. And, and oh, they did go do a good job. Like what they got last year for some of those deals um, mm-hmm. left them with some good prospects. So right. they're, they're not in a terrible shape, True. which possibly this next team we're going to talk about is in a terrible shape. Uh, I will say it. The San Diego Padres. There it is. There it is. Um, You know, this was a team that I'm not really sure what they were trying to do when they, they got a hold of Matt Kemp uh, Upton, you know, guys like that. It, It seemed like to me, not being in the town, not following the Padres extremely close, that they were trying to get butts in seats. They were trying to show that they were willing to spend some money somewhere, and it, it didn't work. Um, I I don't see how that could ever work for a team um, that's in that situation because if you fail at it, you're not going to have a lot of money to back you up after that. You're not the Dodgers. You don't have Guggenheim money. Um, you're not going to be able to spend $2 billion on players over the next 15 years. Once that money's gone, you have to try to build that back up. Uh, it's, it's not an endless well, like some of these bigger markets and some of these bigger teams with bigger owners, and deeper pockets. So I was real confused as to what they were trying to do there other than just fill their park a little bit, but I'm not really sure that anywhere in the foreseeable future that this is going to get any better. No, I, I'm on the exact same page. Uh, trading away prospects last year for guys that with marginal upside, like they weren't going to get any better. Will Myers certainly has some, but he hasn't lived up to the hype that he had when he first came up. Matt Kemp, Craig Kimbrell, and they, they tried to get some back. And I knew that the Padres had a terrible farm system, so I went just to find some some farm system rankings. And I, I pulled up the first one I saw. Bleacher Report has them 25th. If you finished second last in your division, missed the playoffs by 
dozens of games and you have the 25 best ranked farm system. Yeah, that's bad news. But yet it gets worse because the the first two prospects that Bleacher Report ranks are guys that they got in the Craig Kimbrell deal this offseason. So before that, they their best prospect was a 24-year-old in AAA. If that's your best prospect, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. That, I'm sorry. And it just goes to show you, too, that if you are a fan of the Padres, you need to pay attention to what these other teams are doing. And again, most notably, it's the Astros and Cubs now. We, we've said it a thousand times until we're blue in the face. You build it from the absolute bottom up. A lot of people will accuse the Astros of tanking to get higher draft picks. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's not the NBA so we can't really say for sure if that was the truth. Um, but both of those teams that I just mentioned were way better sooner than anybody thought they would be. Maybe this year was going to be when the, everybody thought the Cubs were going to be really good and they were really good on, on their train. But last year, yeah, they're going to be good, but they're not going to they're not going to be right there. And they were so. Again, what what was going on in, in their minds that they thought they were going to be able to compete in that division. It's not just about acquiring names. It's about acquiring talent and having the money to keep those guys around, and they have neither at this point. No, that's a struggling franchise that I would be very sad as a fan of. So um, I'm going to have them fourth in this division, very easily fifth. They could. This is a, this is a mess. Yeah, so let's uh, slide it back over to the uh, east to um, – Arizona while we're at it. Um, We'll get out of California for a second. And at this point, the Diamondbacks, uh, it's bad that that they're losing A.J. Pollock. He came out and said today that he's eyeing a return this season. It's possible, but you don't break your elbow and all of a sudden become the same player once you're off the the, the disabled list that quickly. Um, I don't want to call it a lost season for him, um, but he was an all-star last year. He's one of their leading players. Um, that's going to be a big blow for them. They got Zach Granke. They still have uh, one of my favorite players in the entire universe in Paul Goldschmidt. Um, but, you know, they're going up against the Dodgers. They're going up against the Giants. This is a tough division. I I don't know if I can put them higher than third, even with uh, – even with health, even with the improved rotation, with having Granky there, with them spending some of the money that uh, that they haven't spent in the last few years, I'm not sure I can put them higher than third. Uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Definitely the loss of Paula Kurtz. Um, I haven't seen who's going to slot in where in that outfield now, but um, that that's a big loss. He was uh, kind of an, an all-around good player. But I love the additions that they made in that rotation. That rotation is sneaky deep. Um, So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put them second in this division. Um, That's my my bold choice. The rest is kind of kind of going to fall fall as expected. But I just I like what they've done, and we've seen Arizona teams in the past kind of surprise come out of a, a little bit of nowhere. And do well. Um, Granky's been a winner everywhere he is. I don't expect that to stop. Um, and just bringing an attitude 
that can help change a clubhouse. You don't, you know, having that losing attitude uh, is is cancerous for what happens there. So definitely, I think having Granky who wins almost everywhere he's been, uh, especially for the last five or so years, it's just going to be nice for him to come in there and and show some of the guys, you know, what it takes to win ball games, which sometimes is what you need in the clubhouse. Absolutely. And I think, too, that uh, you hit the nail on the head again with the rotation. I'm sorry that I always harp on rotations, but it's so important. Them getting Shelby Miller in there. Uh, Corbin is a guy that uh, he's a lanky left-hander. Um, like you said, going to be kind of sneaky good. Um, I, I just don't know that the the bats have enough there to be able to carry them over the hump to, to get them higher than third. That that's just my, my biggest predicament with them. Um, let's uh, slide back over to California. Let's go to LA. Let's uh, talk about the Dodgers. Um, this is a team. And I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why, and this is another thing that I'm trying to figure out in this division. I'm trying to figure out why I was cheering for them so much. I don't know if it was just because they hadn't accomplished much, uh, it seems like they hadn't done anything since Kirk Gibson. Um, but, it, you know, they're a classic franchise that I didn't ever really hate because I didn't have a reason to hate them. It, there's a good reason for me to hate the Yankees. There's a good reason for me to hate the Cardinals. There's not a real good reason for me to hate the Dodgers. So I was always kind of cheering for them to do well. And now it seems like they're going to start slipping a little bit because they lost some of their guys. Yasiel Puig didn't play nearly as well as he should have last year. Um, can they rebound from any of those losses and guys not not playing up to par? Or is this just never going to be their division to win? Yeah, this is the, with the Diamondbacks jumping up to second for me, this is the team that I say is slipping back. I don't think that they're a playoff team this year because they lost significant pieces, especially, you know, Zach Greinke, the aforementioned Zach Greinke, and didn't really replace him with anything of substance. When you have, now, look, looking at their lineup here, um, if you need a reason to hate them, they still have Chase Utley on this team. So there you go. <laughs> there, there's a reason to hate the L.A. Dodgers. Well, now, wait um, a second. What's wrong with Chase Utley? Explain that know. to me. You, you just don't like the guy? or I just... I don't like the way he plays. Okay, okay. That's yeah. and that's fair. That's fair. If you're gonna, I guess it built up and really climaxed at that slide he took last year. Yeah, yeah. So, and then just the way he handled himself afterwards. There's there's dirty players who act remorseful. He just deal with it. I'm an ass. <laughs> gonna be an ass. So well, he's not the I'm only one. Like but I, I, I totally get it. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you're right, but to me, this is going to be another one of those teams where they have their stopper in Kershaw, and they're almost like the Blue Jays in a, in a certain way, and I'm sorry to compare them, but they're really going to need their offense to carry them. Canley Jansen has been a good closer, but isn't this kind of the time where guys like that start to break down a little bit? Um, he might blow his first save on opening day, let's say. And they go, well, it's one. And then he gets one uh, two nights later, and I, everything's fine. And then by the time the season is over or close to over, he's blown seven saves and he's not the closer anymore. I, I almost feel like I, I have a premonition on him. 
I don't want that to happen to him. He's a fireball guy. I love fireball closers, but that could be his fate. Uh, there's a new manager there. Uh, I don't know how much of a difference that makes, but it seems like the guys didn't like Don Mattingly, which also puzzles me a little bit. It's Dave Roberts. It's coming in there. Um, he's a, he's a rookie manager and he's going to be dealing with guys like Chase Utley, guys like Yasiel Puig, guys like Carl Crawford, guys like Adrian Gonzalez. That's going to be tough for him to manage. Um, the only reason I didn't put them lower than second place is because I just don't think the diamondbacks are quite there yet, but talk to me halfway through the season and then talk to me next year. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'll put them down there. Um, I, I just, uh, they're, they're going to have to be carried by their bats. Everyone is going to have to be healthy. And it's a little bit of me sticking my neck out and putting them in second place in, in the NL West. But for now I'm comfortable with it. Well, and, and that was, I, you touched on something I was going to make is my, my biggest reason is the health of this team. You already, Andre Ethier gone until almost the all-star break. Very likely won't be back till after the all-star break with a broken leg. Other guys hurt. Howie Kendrick, he's not going to be coming north. Uh, I guess how how far north can you come from Arizona? <laughs> I, I, that 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 shows that I'm a Canadian baseball fan, where my team has to travel through the entire United States right. to come north. Right. Um, so he won't be coming north, quote unquote. Uh, neither will Yasmeni Grandal. Uh, you also have Ryu, uh, which I don't know where he would fit into that rotation this year, but still a useful piece for them. Well, you um, would, would be at least the, the fourth or fifth guy easily, even, maybe even the third behind Casimir, hmm. right? Don't you think? Oh, for sure. Uh, and Brandon think- McCarthy isn't going to be on this team for probably most of the season, who was a guy who maybe could have been another guy in that rotation. So, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of injury issues here. Yeah, so I, I, I just think you have an older team. You have a team that's peaked. You have guys who are really just they seem to be struggling with their identity somehow i don't know how that's possible i don't really know what that means but to me that's like yasiel puig wants to be the showboaty guy but he also wants to be the guy who plays solid like it it just doesn't seem to line up i don't know what this team is that's not the reason i'm putting them last or third um the reason i'm putting them third is just i don't think they can perform the way that they have been so yeah, and you know Puig is going to have to play lights out. Carl Crawford is going to have to be healthy for at least 125 to 130 games, which is a, a very long shot. I I'm a big Jock Peterson fan in the in the way that he can go about his business on the field. Um, he only hit 210 last year. Does that mean anything? I I don't know. Uh, he needs to get his on base up. Um, but th- this is a guy that that could be a difference maker as, as far as this team being in second place, but I don't think they're a playoff team, um, and they're definitely not winning this division because of the team that we're going to talk about now, the San Francisco Giants. Um, and again, I'll, I'll, I think everyone knows where I sit on this. I've said it already in, in a past episode that – because of the rotation they have, even though they're adding guys to it that have never pitched there before, that rotation, I feel like besides the Mets, is going to be my favorite one this year. That rotation, I, w- I had my fantasy baseball draft last weekend, and I just kept wanting to take Giants. I ended up with two of them. 
And I had to stop myself from taking Samarja as the, <laughs> as the third. I was like, all right, I'm going to take Bumgarner as my first pitcher off the board. And then I'm going to take Johnny Cueto. Mm-hmm. It's, sure, why not? Oh, wait, I probably shouldn't have the entire Giants rotation probably on my not. team. Probably not. Probably not. But um, it, it's one that's always succeeded. Right. Um, it's a pitcher's park. And when you take pitchers from non-pitchers locations, Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City, not exactly a pitcher's park. Um, the the cell where Samarja was, um, kind of a, a mediocre, if I recall correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Chris. Yeah, but. I, I, I would tend that to be a, one of the more middle-of-the-road um, places for for uh, pitchers versus uh, hitters type yeah. of park. I, I would put that about middle-of-the-road. But so definitely, definitely not a pitcher's park all no, the way so you, through. Very no, few so of those t- these days. Yeah. So you take these guys, you add them here. They didn't really change the rest of their lineup from what they had last year. You're shoving the same uh, lineup out there. Um, some of these guys, I like. Can Duffy get a little bit better? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, if everyone else is what they were last year they can be a playoff team. They can win this division. So um, I just think the addition of that rotation, given that extra depth, PV's not getting any younger. Matt Cain's not getting any better. Unfortunately, um, it was that that was my guy before back when, uh, back when he was good, I was in on Matt Cain way before anyone else. And it's just the hat that I, or the, the place that I hung my hat on. Oh, I, and I, Hey, and I'll be honest for, for as much as I followed baseball, I didn't see Matt Cain coming when uh, he had his breakout time and hopefully after all the injuries he's dealt with, he's going to be that, that name alone. If he can do half of what he's done in the past and he's your fifth starter, we'll, we'll call him the fifth starter for now. Maybe he's the fourth guy. It doesn't really matter between him and Jake Peavy, which is what it looks like. It's going to shape out as Um, I was never a giant, excuse the pun, fan of Jeff Samarja only because he pitched for the Cubs for so long. So I'm willing to look past that. I'm willing to look that he look at how much of a solid starter he is and to be behind Cueto and Bumgarner like that. It, it, it really doesn't get better than that. I will put them slightly higher than the Mets rotation, even though I love absolute love the, the Mets rotation. I will put them a little bit higher because of their experience, because of where they've been. And, I think that that carries them. They have guys like Joe Panic, who, again, is he really that much of an all-star? Probably not, but he was last year. You, you still have Buster Posey there. We'll see how much that affects Brandon Belt, but is Brandon Belt really going to be your offensive powerhouse guy anyway? Probably not. Um, the The non-signing of Pablo Sandoval at this point is looking like a genius move. You still have Bruce Bochy in the dugout. Uh, there's really no way i don't see them not uh, i see them not taking this division well and the biggest reason and it, it's almost at the point that logic can't explain it but it's an even numbered year chris yeah right. so mm-hmm. it's their year absolutely uh won the series in 2010 2012 2014 folks 2016 i think we know where we're headed um you know, the Giants had been that that team all the way back to 2010 that 
didn't have anybody on that roster, even though you you got to know Buster Posey and Pablo Sandoval as like, who are these guys? Like at a certain point, they had traded for Hunter Pence. And I thought, Christ, he might be their best offensive. What is going on here? Little did I know that there was a lot of sneaky, as we're using that word tonight, sneaky talent there. And everybody sees it. I think they're solid from top to bottom. Don't sleep on Denard Spann being out there in the outfield now with them. That only improves them in my book. Um, Hands down, one of the best teams in the NL. Yeah, and like what's, what's weird to me is I look at this lineup and nothing really stands out to me as a team that I want to pick. Like if I look at the Mets lineup, it's, it's much better across the board, the rotation comparable, as you mentioned, Chris, but just something about this team manages to win and defy all odds. I give a lot of credit to Bochi on that one. Um, We've seen what he can do with unknown players. Uh, He seems to be, I think baseball is, and and you might disagree. Maybe this is a, a topic for another day, but I think baseball is the sport that the manager or coach has the least impact on the performance uh, of the of the players. So, but somehow Bochi manages to, and I don't know what exactly he does differently than the other twenty nine managers out there. But he manages to get more out of his players than anyone else does. So good on him. And you're basically saying that. Uh... This sport, as far as coaching and managing goes, baseball managers and coaches aren't really rah-rah guys. They're not going to scream at you to get the, get you fired up, or at least most of them won't. Some of them will. Um, you know, Bochi is not that guy, so it's not like he's needing to motivate these guys. He's a smart guy, and he's surrounded by smart players, and I think that's what you're seeing. Uh, that's where he can get the most out of his guys just by everyone being smart and everybody being on the same page, because you're right. You know, he can't go out there and hit a, a curveball for any of these guys. He can't say, look for the slider on, on, uh, on the O2 because he's going to throw it to you no matter what he can say that stuff, but if they're not thinking it and they're not looking at, at it, and even if they do see it and they can't hit it, it's not up to him to do that. So strategy is huge for, managers and coaches in baseball all the way around, no matter where they are in the dugout or on the field. Uh, And it is a completely different type of coach style, if you will. And you're right. Bruce Bochy is just easily hands down one of the best around now, if not the best by the way that he gets uh, the most out of his guys. So uh, I think we definitely agree on that. Uh, We can talk about that topic a little bit more later. Um, we're going to slide over now to the AL East. Let me recap the uh, NL West real quick. Carl, from 1 to 5, you have San Francisco, Arizona, Los Angeles, San Diego, Colorado. And I'm similar, but a little bit of a tweak there. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Arizona, San Diego, Colorado is where we sit. All right, let's move over to the uh, AL East. This is Carl's division. So hopefully... He's got some good stuff for me because I love the fact that I ask him about David Price at the top of the show and he's hoping for failure. That's what I want to see out of a baseball fan. Like, yeah, I, I really like David Price. He's a great guy. He pitched really good for us. You know, I've never disliked the guy. He's always got a smile on his face. He's a great pitcher, but 
death to him because he pitches for the Red Sox now. That's what I want out of a baseball fan. Yeah, and oddly enough, the my co-host over at the fourth line, a Yankees fan. I have no oh. idea how that came up, but definitely a lot of hatred for Red Sox and Yankees, and it kind of just oscillates between uh, whoever's better. <laughs> I hate more. So sure, sure, uh, and that makes sense. That that's okay. So yeah, we're uh, we're here, but I have nothing has changed from last year because you know you said, oh, Jason Stark must be Carl's new best friend this morning, and uh, for those who listened last year, remember. I was the most pessimistic Blue Jays fan. Is they're going out picking up too low and David Price? And I'm like, oh, just just make the playoffs. Like, just just, just don't please, make just this get entire in, waste. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> no, nothing has changed because I'm like, oh, just like don't don't put a target on us. Just just ignore us, please ignore us. Uh, if we're if we're, do you want to start with the Blue Jays? I'm since I'm already there. Might as well. All right, let's talk about some Blue Jays. There's this team. I do not know what to expect this year. And not just because uh, they came out of not, I wouldn't say nowhere. They made some pickups. Josh Donaldson became a revelation of what he could do coming to Toronto. The team gelled really well. They found out that they have an amazing closer in Roberto Asuna, 20 years old last year. um, And that uh, Stroman was able to do well. Sanchez is going to be coming out of the pen being in the rotation this year. But for me, the biggest question lands on what they do and what they decide to do with Jose Batista and Edwin Encarnacion this year. Edwin's hurt. He says he's going to be ready for this for opening day tomorrow. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that, if that doesn't change in the next 24 hours or 48 hours. But for me, those are two guys contracts up the end of the year. We talked on the show before about Jose's ridiculous demands about contract. Edwin said that the Jays do not desire to have him back. So do they do they last the year here? Do they move on? Um, and I think really it comes down to where the Jays are as the season goes on. Um, so I could, I could very easily see one or both of them gone before the end of the season. Definitely if they're in playoff contention, I don't see them being moved. But man... There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of baseball yet to be played. So, for me, I I would expect if I were to guess, I would guess that Edwin could very well be traded. That's the guy I would pick. Yeah, and when you bring up trades like that at this point in the season, it really is too bad. We haven't even started the season yet. We're talking about trades on a team that is supposed to be one of the bigger contenders in the American League, and I get it. I totally get it, but. I've also seen it happen where you expect some of these guys to get traded and because they're so close, uh, I know there's new management in town in Toronto, but um, if they're, if they're in first place in July after the all-star break, don't you think that, I mean, unless they're getting a big haul for Encarnacion, don't you think that they're going to hold on to a guy like that and try to add again? Because they don't want to waste what they have this year, right? Well, and and that's the thing. I think the only reason that they would is because they could get something substantial. Both of these guys are going to get qualified, uh, so they'll at least get a top draft pick back. So you would need to beat that level of something. And if they're in, if they're doing as well as they did last year, which there's no reason to doubt that clearly Jason Stark agrees 
But if they're there, that guy, whether it's Jose, whether it's Edwin, that is arguably going to be the biggest deadline pickup, the biggest piece that you could add for your team. Why would you give that to someone else if you're making a run? Just keep them and tweak other situations, knowing you're going to be getting, if you plan to let both walk, knowing you're going to be getting two first-round picks gives you the flexibility to maybe move a prospect for someone else, especially if they manage to do something like with Tula where they get a long-term piece to add. So I I do like that because clearly we saw uh, with the removal of Anthopolis, this new Jays front office hates giving away prospects for rentals. That was the biggest issue they had with what he did last year. And so I don't expect them to give away pieces for rentals, but I do think that if they add, you could see things like Tulo, but not a David Price situation. To me also, as far as, uh, as Joey Bats goes, I, I, I see this as being going as going one or two ways. He's either going to come out on fire and be on fire the entire season, flip his, proverbial bat in everyone's face and say see i'm worth it uh because he really 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 needs to prove it now or he's gonna fizzle i I don't see a middle ground for him like oh okay he he hit 27 home runs he had 101 rbi all right that's what he's supposed to do uh i either see him having you know, 150, 160 RBI, this massive on-base percentage, you know, just tearing it apart. And everybody's going, well, I don't know. Maybe he is worth the money. I I, I don't know. Maybe not the, the contract length, but, hell, maybe he is worth the money. So I, I don't know about you, Carl, because you know the situation way better than I do. But to me, I feel like it's either complete boom or bust with him this year. I I definitely think uh, boom, because we've we seen in the past with him, he plays great angry. Um, he's He's been like that forever, and he's been kind of an angry dude. Like he's, he's not someone that I enjoy watching play sometimes, <laughs> the way that he handles the officials, the, the umps. Um, and it's just, he just has some anger issues, but when you really piss him off, like we saw in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. he goes to town on you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I can expect that if, uh, if he goes into full FU mode, we could see quite the season from Jose. Uh, how much does Drew Storen help this team? Huge. Um, I love that pickup cause it moves, makes Sanchez very easy to move him into the rotation where he's a better fit. So move Sanchez out of the setup role, put Storen in there. Leave Asuna in the uh, in that role. Actually, I watched quite the interesting uh, documentary. Uh, Roger Sportsnet up in Canada went down with him to with Asuna down to his hometown in Mexico and just followed him and followed a bit of the story of his father, who's uh, one of the legends of the Mexican League down there. Um, and I, I work with someone who follows baseball and is from Mexico. And he said, yeah, like when, when Osuna came up for the Jays, he said, yeah, I know him because of his father. And so they followed that and, uh, the, just the situation that he came from. And I've always liked him as a player and just seeing, you know, living in a, a one bedroom house with six people sharing one bed, 
in a, a place run by the cartel. It's a tough situation to come out of. And we see tons of players come out of it. It's just one story out of dozens. Um, it's just an interesting situation. And uh, I, I enjoyed watching that today. So, And it's hard to not cheer for a guy like that. It doesn't matter who he pitches for, who he plays for. It makes no bearing on it because it, you know, it, it. It's the same thing with Josh Donaldson for me. The guy is tough as nails, and he goes to work and works hard every single day. He may not achieve greatness every single day, but it, it because he works so hard, he almost makes it seem like he achieves greatness every day, no matter what happens. Even if he strikes out three times in a game, which. God, I don't remember that happening, but maybe it has in the in the recent history. But because these guys work so hard, it makes them successful in everyone's eyes, no matter what happens. And hopefully some of that rubs off on Bautista, too, in that, hey, please, we're begging you, don't screw this up. We have a good thing going here. We maybe need a piece or two maybe a piece and a half, and we're we've got this. So hopefully attitudes money doesn't come into this um maybe they can get jay bruce in that trade that we talked about several weeks ago that never materialized don't think that that's dead i mean stuff like that doesn't just drop off the face of the earth and go away so hopefully this will help that team eventually even if it is down the road um is the rotation the greatest? No, it's not. We both know that, but again, this is the team that that's going to have to hit their way to a championship. And I think they have a chance to do that. I'm putting them number one in this division. Ooh. Yep. Chris, I'm doing it. Well, I'm, I'm not going to do that (laughs) because you are a fan because you are a fan. It's okay. It's okay to be a little bit pessimistic because it's the, the old adage that if you expect everything to go well it will not go well and if you expect it to be less than what you want or just complete disaster everything that happens that's good after that point is nothing but a bonus so being a fan and you being in this situation and being terrified of what might happen and being terrified of what might what great might happen i completely get it but that's why i'm trying to be objective in my own mind and not just say that I'm picking the blue Jays to be first because you're their fan, because I know you're not picking them first. I knew that before we even started talking about this, I knew you weren't going to pick them. Yeah. I'm going to put them third. Wow. Okay. But I I think that I think third will be a wild card. So, okay. Okay. They'll go and they'll lose the wild card game and that'll be it. And then I'll, (laughs) Oh, Carl, come on, man. Give your boys a little more credit. I, I, do but i don't you i are you that worried about the pitching is that the biggest thing yes or are you worried about injuries i mean everybody has to worry about injuries but but which part of it scares you more the pitching okay but at the same time like it's you know oh fine i'll move him up to second he convinced me (laughs) because i'm i'm looking here and i'm like yeah but like stroman excites me and sanchez excites me and you know I mean, Jay, you ha- Jay Happ is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Uh, but. It, you're right. But it's guys like that that at some point give you some flash of brilliance and you're going, what? what's happening? Like you're holding your head like, 
this guy's actually pitching well. And you may have not even realized it until you're watching a pregame one night and it's it's Hap's turn to pitch that night. And it said, well, you know, it's been kind of a, a quiet – it was kind of a quiet May for you, but uh, through your starts this June – um, you're four and zero with uh with a sub one ERA, and you're going wait 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 what? Like you didn't even realize it. That's the type of guy on teams like this that get enough run support at some point in the game. They get a little bit of luck on their side, and they they end up pitching well when you never expected them to. And that very well could happen if Estrada manages to do what he did last year. Then that's good. I. Don't expect him to that. That's one person that I, I look at him. Like I do not have high expectations for you this season mm-hmm. um, because he was light. So last year. So yeah, it's a uh, man who knew I'd get so fired up. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a mood now. I'm, I'm so proud of you for moving them up to two. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know who I'm going to put in other spots, but I know, I know Tampa is going to be last spoilers. Well, that's easy. Um, we might as well just move down to Tampa then because that that's pretty easy, right? Yeah. They're not a good team. Chris Archer is really the only thing to be excited about. Longoria is not anywhere close to what he has been. Um, and there's not a lot of excitement down there in Tampa. No one goes to the games. Really the biggest news out of Tampa breaking news um, Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning blood clots in his arm. <laughs> he is done as Ooh. a Tampa Bay Lightning. So, really? Oh, yeah, that's not good. One to three months. That that's oh. the biggest news coming out of Tampa these days. Is that? Wow. And, and uh, I'm sorry to make this a hockey thing, but after uh, a bunch of stuff went down uh, with trades with the Maple Leafs this year, everybody was talking about Stamkos, Stamkos, Stamkos. So let's get him in. Well. Well, that's not going to happen now, but that that's for a different show. Um, yeah, the the Rays. The, this is another team where I don't know how long it's going to take them to come back from having to rebuild this again. Because let, let's be honest, that's what they need to do at this point. Um, Archer, yeah, he's really the brightest spot on that team. Um, and looking at the rest of this roster, there's nothing. There's literally nothing here. Uh, and it's too bad for a team that had some success when no one was ever going to give them a chance. And, yeah, that was several years ago now. But, uh, you know, they grew their own guys. They they made it work. They finally got out from under the bad green hats and, and the Lou Pinella years to actually – get something done there. And now uh, it, it's going to be bad for a while down there too. Um, and it's pretty easy. I think for both of us to um, not have much more to say on them and to put them last in the, in the AL East. Yeah, I do have them last. The one question that I have for you, um, which doesn't pertain to them this season. Do you think this team stays in Tampa long-term? Well, it's just like anywhere else. Um Stadium issues are always going to be an issue. And people that don't think that that's going to happen because, well, we just built all these new stadiums. Yeah, but every single stadium is a year older every time. And the only reason that baseball sometimes gets away with stuff like that is because you still have places like Wrigley and uh, and Fenway. And even now they're doing massive renovations at Wrigley. It's not, I mean, it's still going to have that 
old world charm to it that you like as a baseball fan, but it's not going to look anything like it did. It's going to have a massive scoreboard out in the outfield. It's going to look more like a toilet than it ever did um, because of that. Like they're, they're turning it away from old school urinating in troughs to this monstrosity monolith in the outfield that has no place in that stadium whatsoever, but they're doing it anyway to upgrade it. They get away with it because it's Wrigley Tampa. That place was built for a team to move there, not get an expansion team. They built that originally. Like a lot of places are doing in a lot of leagues these days. Uh, you, You see it in Kansas city. You, uh, you see it in, in Quebec City. You, you see cities building these arenas, building new stadiums to attract teams to come there, not necessarily always get expansion teams. That place was built to try to lure the San Francisco Giants to that place, and it almost happened. It was almost the St. Petersburg Giants with Barry Bonds on it, and a lot of people forget that. And if that had happened... That would have been great, but then they would have been bad again because they're in a bad market with people who don't have a lot of interest in baseball unless they're good. And if you don't have fans, you can't rebuild the team long term. Are you talking 10 years or are you talking 20, 25? I mean, yeah, 10 years from now. Yeah, they'll probably still be there, but it's there's going to be a lot more squawking about getting them a new stadium or getting them the hell out of there. Yeah, I I am talking 10 years or even less cuz I just see that situation as such a, a a messy one. Like I I don't know if you've read uh Jonah Carey's book on the Tampa Bay Rays uh and they go through kind of what helped them succeed and it was that they focused on things that most teams didn't um and and built their team knowing that that was the case and then everyone who ran the Rays went and works for the Dodgers now because they pay them a lot more money right um and that, that's what happens with this team all the way around exactly and so for me um like unless you can get more people in there fans players management um scouts to be able to have a team like this needs great scouting I just don't see it no one's showing up to those games. And I, I don't know how long major league baseball is going to want to continue to fund baseball in Tampa. Yeah. So, you know, in this day and age, commissioners are very careful about what they say because they've seen bad things happen before. You know, we, we can go back to the NHL for a second and everybody uh, in Gary Bettman's office thought it was a great idea to give Atlanta a team again. And from the second I heard that, I never thought that was going to work. And the fact that it didn't, I don't need to gloat, but I knew it from the day that they announced that it was even a possibility. Yet the commissioner's office continually tried to make it seem like it it was just all okay. Cause it's kind of bouncing around on sports here, but it's all the same thing. It's a little bit of the Jerry Jones factor. He doesn't release certain guys. He doesn't fire certain guys because he doesn't want to admit he's wrong. So if you have a team that had, I'll say recent success, not super recent, but recent enough for people to kind of remember it. And you're going to say, yeah, it's a bad situation. They're going to have to move. 
you're not going to hear that out of Rob Manfred's mouth anytime soon. But yeah, you're right. It is a bad situation there. And unless they get a new stadium, just like everywhere else in this universe where sports are played, it's not going to be a good situation because no one is going to those games. It's basically Montreal 2.0. Yeah. So, and there's no, I honestly can't think of a market that's really clamoring like when when Washington took the Expos, there isn't really a market for them, which is to me the only saving grace for them. Right, and uh, like know, honestly, Montreal is probably the probably one the biggest one. That's at this the point. best yeah. best situation, and we've seen that fail already. So right, and I, I also want to say too that I watched uh, a fair amount of the very end of that that Red Sox uh, Jays game, um, where it went into extra innings, and. I guess I had heard this before, but I I didn't realize that they had been doing uh, a game or a game or two or whatever it is for the last three seasons in Montreal. And it looks like they kept up the stadium pretty well. I know that it would never work again for Major League Baseball in the commissioner's office. And there's no way they'd get a team there unless they built a new stadium. But I was shocked. And maybe it's just because I don't see it enough. Or maybe it's because I didn't watch it close enough. But the stadium looked like it was in pretty decent shape. Uh, they clearly hit it very well. Then that stadium's. I mean, it's uh, a dump, right? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not wrong about that. Like I know that deep down, but I was picturing something post Hurricane Katrina and then playing a baseball game in in New Orleans in a tattered Superdome, and it didn't look like that from the couple innings that I watched. Uh, they maybe put lipstick on a pig, but. I was expecting something a lot more decrepit than what I saw on TV. And maybe it was a little bit of trickery from the camera, but uh, that's here nor there. Uh, Montreal would need a new stadium. Tampa would need a new stadium. Maybe that's something we can keep an eye on over the next couple of years to see if one of those towns gets on the train to build a new stadium to either lure a team in there or to try to keep their own. But for now, the Rays suck. They're in fifth place. Um, let's throw out another name here. Let's throw out the Baltimore Orioles. This is a team that, again, uh, I, I've never had a reason to dislike them. Um, they were hard luck losers a lot in the 1990s. Um, the the kid reaching over the, the wall, I, I forget his name off the top of my head, in the Yankee Stadium, um, Tony Tarasco, the whole bit. Uh, They've had some hard luck there. They have one of the best managers in the game. If you put Bruce Bochy one or one A, I would have to put Buck Showalter right there with him. And I think that'll carry him. How far in this division? Probably not super far, but they have guys on this team that I love. Um, you know, guys like uh, Adam Jones, uh, Chris Davis, uh, Machado is a beast. Love the guy. But this is a team, too, where it's like, you know some of these names in this rotation, but they don't impress you at all. Yeah, and obviously rotations are huge. And like you said, no one here really excites me. Personally, I'm, I am a fan of Giovanni Gallardo, but not at the level of responsibility they've given him. Um, so we'll see. The only... The only reason that I'm sad is because he was a Jays killer last year. So um, may- maybe that's enough for me to bump them back down to third. But the the real thing here is 
for me, what you said, Chris, the rotation and some of the health of these guys. Uh, is Matt Weeders going to be able to stay healthy all year? Uh, yet to be seen. If he can return to what he was when he was healthy, that's good. Pedro Alvarez, um, I think he could be a good comeback player this year in Baltimore. So uh, for me, I am going to put them third in this division. Yeah, you know, the addition of Mark Trumbo might help them a bit, but, you know, he strikes out a lot. Uh, He's got some power. I I don't know if he's the right fit for that team, but it's definitely um, a guy that they needed to bring in, if if you ask me my honest opinion on that, because they they traded for Gerardo Parra. They had him in there when they were trying to make a run, and – Obviously, they didn't think that he was a guy that was going to be an everyday guy. And maybe Mark Trumbo is that guy for them. And he doesn't have to be that guy. You know, they expected him to be that guy in Arizona. They expected him to be kind of that guy in Los Angeles when he was with the Angels. He doesn't have to be that guy anymore for them. So maybe that helps him rebound a little bit more. Um, The bullpen with this team, eh. Not that great. So, again, this might be another team that needs to to hit their way to success. But, yeah, I'm putting them at third, too. Very interesting. All right. Okay. So, um, we've obviously saved two of the, uh, uh, I don't know, the white elephant in the room and the 800-pound gorilla sitting at the table. How do you want to mark the Yankees and Red Sox? That's a rude thing to say about Pablo Sandoval, though, don't you think? Um, referring to him as, you know, and, and that's just it. Did they honestly think that he wasn't going to have a weight issue? I mean, did, yeah. did anybody on the in the universe, solar, anywhere, I don't care where you are and you don't know about baseball, if you just have a little bit of a history of who Pablo Sandoval is... Did you? Uh, that's like saying that. Oh yeah, Prince Fielder said that he was a vegetarian, so he's going to lose a bunch of weight. No, he's not. He's going to eat a bunch of French fries with ketchup. That's what he does. It, it, just because he's not eating steaks doesn't mean he's going to lose a lot of weight. So anybody that thought that Pablo Sandoval wasn't going to have a weight problem at some point was sorely mistaken. Yeah, and honestly, doesn't really surprise me a whole ton that he's starting the year on the bench. Because it it never seemed like a sustainable thing that he had going there. So for me, that that makes sense. And other than David Price being the new ace of this team, they they brought in Kimbrel to close, moving Yuhara out of that role. So their bullpen gets a little bit better, but their lineup just not as exciting as one would hope. For a team that's vying for a division. So starting at first base, Hanley Ramirez is not supposed to play first base. You do not sign Hanley Ramirez, give him all that money, and then shove him at first to teach him how to play first and then put him there. Uh, Dustin Pedroia, a shell of what he has been. Big Poppy, can he ride out the last, like, does, has he just been taking steroids all off season in hopes that he doesn't get caught and can just play out? <laughs> oh, and then they ca- they catch him after he's suspe- like retired. Doesn't matter anymore. 
Does he just spend the entire All-Star break just pumping HGH? He should. Now, now see, Carl, I, I just want to point one thing out. When we were talking about the NL Central and I said how much I disliked or hated the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals for obvious reasons because of my fandom, I didn't ne- necessarily take direct shots at their guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I did say some stuff about Jason Hayward, and uh, I don't remember them being particularly nasty. But again, Carl, I was reserved. Don't worry. I'm not going to be anymore because this is what I want out of a baseball fan. This is great. Yeah, this is. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say they're going to finish fourth. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, they have guys on this team that are supposed to be good, right? You know, they have names that you recognize because they are the Red Sox. But is Jackie Bradley Jr. Jr. going to be that guy? Is he ready to be that guy? I don't think he is. I think he's overrated at this point. Hopefully he proves me wrong so I can be the moron. That's fine. But I, I don't care about the Red Sox either way. Um, he's overrated to me. Um, you're right. Hanley Ramirez playing first base. Come on. Really? They're going to have to remedy that at some point this season. Mookie Betts. He's a decent player. I can get on board with him. Um, but the fact that they have so much money tied up in Pablo Sandoval, they're maybe Dave Dombrowski is going to be a little bit gun shy about bringing anybody else in. Um, it'll remain to be seen what they do with Sandoval at this point, but they're, they're going to need him to play at the highest level that he has been able to play for them to do anything in this division. And it's already starting out bad. It's David Ortiz's swan song. He's going to be more interested in getting accolades in, in the parks that he's going to play in this season than actually playing baseball. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's just what it feels like to me. Um, you have, Chris, Bryce. I, I just accused him of taking steroids the entire second <laughs> right, half of the season. Right. I'm pretty sure that you can say that he's going to be distracted. Right. Okay. So I, that, that's just, that's how I feel. Um, I don't think you can have Travis Shaw out there, no matter how much you like the guy. I don't think you can have him out there the entire season and think you're going to be successful after you've tied up all that money into Pablo Sandoval. And I know money doesn't equate to success, but you have to make it that when you're the Red Sox. I know they have more money to spend than a lot of other teams do, but how much of that are, are they going to want to do? Um, if, if they're going to bolster anything, it's going to have to be the offense, and then they're not going to be able to focus on bolstering any of their pitching during the trade deadline or any of that. Um, you have Price. You have Clay Buckholtz. Um, Rick Porcello is a guy I've always liked, but is he going to be – part of a, a, a three-headed monster there no way in my book they're fourth again all right that i guess that brings us to the yankees then <sighs> and you know what the, you know what this does carl and i'm i'm so disappointed in you this means that you're putting the yankees in first place i know i realize that i don't like it either i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i am going to give you one I, I appreciate the fact that you're trying to be unbiased in this. You're trying to, how can I say this? Uh, expunge the fandom out of your heart for the Blue Jays and not set yourself up for such heartache. 
but I'm going to give you one more chance. If you want to move your Jays anywhere else in this five-team list, do it now. Otherwise, at this point, you are picking the New York Yankees to win this division. Um, yeah, I know. I think I also... I think I said that the Jays. Oh yeah, I moved them up to second already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I let you move right. them once, but you know. Okay, I'll, I'll take. I'll accept your offer. Okay. I'm okay. On a, on a position by position breakdown, I do not think that the New York Yankees' enhanced rotation is enough to beat the Jays' lineup. Uh, granted. If they have a healthy Tanaka, if Pineda can stop using pine tar and stay, also stay healthy, if Chapman's suspension, which I won't make light of, um, if that is able to be resolved and he comes back and pitches, um, then that helps their bullpen. But And frankly, I like Starlin Castro as their second baseman. I think that's a, a good pickup for them. But um, Mark Teixeira is not going to stay healthy. A-Rod can't play defense anymore. So he's pretty much stuck out there. Carlos Beltran's got to fall apart eventually. Um, So Chase Headley's mediocre at best. So yeah, I look, I look around and I think while they do have, I I like the rotation much better than the blue Jays, but I just don't think that lineup is able to, uh, to beat that. And as far as their pitching goes, Andrew Miller, has a broken wrist in his non-throwing hand. I don't know how much that affects you, but he has already said that, and this sounds like a threatened man. He has already said that he's going to pitch through the pain if there is any, which, again, I didn't see the x-ray. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how much it hurts him. He's the only one that can tell us that. And if he's ever told by a doctor that he's not allowed to pitch, that he will fire him and find another doctor. Now, this either sounds like a man that's threatened by Aroldis Chapman, who's not going to be there to start the season, or a guy that has a lot of fire and is going to go out there and do everything he can to compete and be successful at it. So I respect that to a certain point, and maybe that puts him over the hump. Their, their rotation... It doesn't do anything for me at all. Uh, the only guy within their entire pitching staff that I really like besides Miller is Dylan Batances, who has been lights out at times. So that that will help them uh, with having if Chapman can be that guy again, that guy. Keep going back to that. If Chapman can be that guy, Miller, you have Batances. That that's a pretty formidable seven, eight, nine. Uh, but you're right. Carlos Beltran, how much more does he have in the tank? Um, Alex Rodriguez seems to think like he's going to play another two seasons. I, I'm sure he will because his ego is big enough to fill the stadium. But at what level is he going to be able to do that? Um, Mark Teixeira, you're right. He's not going to be healthy. It'll shock me if he is. But for as much as I like the Orioles, for as much as I would love them to come out of this ahead of the Yankees somehow, some way I feel like the Yankees are going to get this together. They'll make a move. They'll fill in for somebody that's injured at some point and they'll just figure it out. And they'll end up being one of the wild cards again this year. And they're going to be in second place in this division. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. 
now now that I've changed my mind again. (laughs) Well, and again, I allowed it. So if anybody says, what the hell are you doing waffling so much about your team? You just say, you just put your hand on your chest and you say, it's because of heart. And Chris let me. That, well, that's all and, you have to say. And, and I don't hide the fact that I struggle greatly being unbiased in like a weird way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that, that's okay. That's okay. Because if I were in a different situation, Carl, we would have had just as long of a conversation about the NL Central um, it was brief now because my team is horrible. I don't expect anything from them and neither does the rest of the baseball world. So it made it very simple for me. I don't envy you at this point. It's actually kind of refreshing to know that my team is going to be awful. And at any given point, I might see some fun stuff happen, happen from some young guys. That's all I can count on to know that there's a lot of young guys in my rotation that I can look forward to watching for the next few years. I like that, but I know that they're going to lose close to 100 games, so I can just kick back and watch baseball this year. You are going to be biting your nails at every turn this year, and I'm not envious of that. I Yeah, actually, I was reminded because um, with with some of the, the goings-on hockey playoffs starting up, was talking with some folks about that and was remembering my my performance during the Blue Jays playoff run and I don't think that my wife would let me continue to watch baseball if I <laughs> if I acted like I did for those three weeks. But again, for 162 games, Carl. That's exactly what I want out of my baseball fans. That type of passion. That's what I want. Well, we'll and it's going to be really tomorrow. easy for your wife. She's a she's a Giants fan. It's going to be super easy for her because they're going to have a really good team. All the way around, they're going to have a good team. She can she can mellow out and just watch her team. You you have some question marks, even though we're both picking them, wink wink, to win the division. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll hopefully. I don't get too much smack talk from her when we go see the Giants and the Jays later this oh, season. That's my man. real hope as well. That's an is that in May again? Yeah, that's uh, first week of May. Okay, so that that's actually coming up pretty quick. So I know. That, I realized that when, once April hit and I was like, yeah. season starts, yeah. man. So we're going to have to keep I our... Almost, I can almost predict the rotation from here on out till yeah, then. Yeah, you probably could. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have to keep our eye on it to see where both of those teams are sitting. And uh, we'll see who... Uh, maybe I'll have to make the ruling on that or someone will have to make the ruling on who is allowed to give more smack talk. Oh, it's going to be her. 100%. Because <laughs> you'll just have to let her do it, right? No, because I... Because you have no faith in your team. Oh, (laughs) Carl. Come on, man. Have some faith in your team. I have faith in your team. Carry him on your shoulders, man. Put him up there. It's okay. Or on my head. I got my Jays hat on. Well, yeah, there you go. That's fine. I I have no lack of brewer stuff. It's, It's surrounding me now. I have my opening day outfit ready. Fit for a Canadian. It's going to be 34 degrees here with with some light precipitation. I'm ready to go, man. I'm a fan. They're to, they're absolutely completely totally terrible, but I don't care. I can't wait to get out there. I can't wait for baseball to start. And you should be the same way. Just we'll we'll have to do some USA moments this year <laughs> and calm you down. And even if they're not in first place the entire season, which they won't be, but even if they're not like that, We'll, we'll just we'll we'll center you. We'll have some yoga sessions during the shows to to bring you back to center to know 
It's going to be okay. There's a lot of baseball left, Carl. Don't worry. Yes, the Giants are better. I understand your wife is giving you a lot of hell for it, but don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Glad you're here for me, Chris. I have a very important question for you. Yes. So you have your Brewers opening day uh, festivities. What's on the menu for that? Um, well, this year there is, well, every year there's always brats. There's always burgers. That's very simple around here. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit of spicy marinated shrimp as well. Um, there's going to be a nice little pasta salad that we put together. Um, somebody else is doing something with sliced red potatoes, garlic, onions, things like that, that are going to go on the grill as well. Um, I think the drinks of order and the, the beer that's going to be there this year, going to be real local, um, New Glarus is one of the uh, the big breweries that's a little bit west of here in the state of Wisconsin, and they have a beer that's called Spotted Cow. Go figure. It's from Wisconsin. Wow. I don't believe it, but it's hands down one of the best beers if you talk to anybody in the state that they've ever had. So that has to be at every tailgate that we have. And uh, Line and Kugels is a little bit bigger of a national brand, but it is brewed in the state here too, and they make a beer that's called Summer Shandy have had that yeah Yeah. so that's uh that's one that people know a little bit more than anybody would know spotted cow and uh that one's more of a a lemonade style beer and i know that i i can picture people listening to this now and they say lemonade beer that's a bitch beer but trust me folks (laughs) trust me folks when you have it you will not say that now it doesn't really fit for this because it's going to be super cold and sleeting so drinking a summer shandy lemonade beer doesn't really fit, but it's so good and it's finally out because it's seasonal that we have to have it there. And then, of course, there's uh, because it's Wisconsin, we like to drink. So Jameson and ginger ale, um, Captain and Coke, stuff of that nature, too. So um, even though alcohol in physicality will make you colder in your heart as a baseball fan, it will make you warmer. So the more we drink. And the more we uh, have fun in the parking lot, the more we'll, we'll be distracted by how bad our being, well, how bad our team is being beat by the Giants. And that's who I get to see. I get to see uh, Madison Baumgartner pitch on opening day. So at least I can look forward to that and a team that I really like as well. Absolutely, um, it sounds like a good a good feast you have planned. Absolutely, there, so. it's always a great time. Can't wait. No doubt. Uh, live vicariously. It was 71 degrees in Calgary today. That's that's insane. It was 38, and we got an inch and a half of snow here in Milwaukee today. We haven't had an inch and a half of snow. I don't even – it's been months. It's a, it's a weird winter in Calgary. How is Calgary, Canada, Calgary F in Canada, having summer weather right before opening day, and I have people that want to back out of my tailgate because of this? These are not true fans. Not true fans. No. Yeah, 100% not. But however, I do have uh, a a good group of people who are hardy and ready to go. So really looking like forward it. to that. So we'll uh, we'll touch on that next week. Um, and we're running long. So we did kind of agree that we were going to do um, some playoff picks and some World Series picks. But maybe we can wait until next week for that. Right? 
maybe get a few games under our belts and see if anybody gets hurt again and then we can uh we can have you settle down a little bit about the blue jays and maybe pump yourself up and say yes they're good yes they're good yes we can yes we can and then we can make some postseason picks after that how do you think i like that make it make us look a little bit smarter after that first week but just a little bit just a little bit yeah so i like it all right well that's gonna do it for us again this week uh on designated for assignment um download us on itunes subscribe there find us on twitter um and find carl and i also on twitter as we gave those handles earlier in the show until next week happy opening day everybody for carl landra i'm chris meineke we'll see you next time baseball